Hey everyone, Steven here. Just a quick show note up front. Uh, we realized after we recorded this week that Steve was using his webcam uh, built-in mic in his laptop and not his good mic, so his audio is a little messed up this week. We're so sorry about that. Going forward, we will be checking before we start. We don't know how that happened. Must have just reverted to default when he unplugged his headset at some point. Uh, we also want to say up front, if you haven't yet, please consider buying Itch.io's bundle to support Black Lives Matter and um, the NAACP. It's available. It's got uh, like $4,000 worth of games and like over a thousand games. It's five US dollars for some amazing games. Um, Celeste just joined it, a Canadian developed game and my favorite game of 2018. Yes. Uh, so I highly recommend you check that out. Go support the bundle. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, and again, sorry for Steve's audio quality, but it'll be better next week. Now on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 150. Fuck, 145. I was so <laughs> close, Steve. I was so confident rolling into it, and then I just I pulled a dyslexia, you know? I, uh, I mean, we just started. We could, we could restart. No, I'm leaving that in so that people right. know that this is the raw, unfiltered Steve's talking. If you don't know, this is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. We also never earned that explicit tag, I feel, so just right off the bat, I want to have one. Um, yeah, I think the explicit thing is, like, we have to say if we're explicit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I click it every week because I probably said fuck at some point. But um, yeah, you, you you like when you publish it, like is this explicit? There's a lot of trust there. Yeah. I don't know how many children listen to podcasts, and friggin' nerds. But if they do and they <laughs> they hear a couple cusses, also as if I was a kid, like if I was like in elementary school and I started listening to podcasts, I would look for the ones with the explicit tag, you know, because like that's what that's what that 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 means. It's a cool podcast. Would you really like five o like a like a a podcast if they're mark, not marked as explicit and they were though like who who even checks i think if you're big enough apple would probably care but at this point it's probably like a just for the audience like nice thing you could do i don't yeah. know i guess yeah i don't jo- know any joe parents rogan, who are like, monitoring their not, yeah if joe rogan posts is not explicit it's gonna be like bro <laughs> yeah you're like i'm not listening to this one <sighs> anywho my name's steven spell the phnna but it said steven uh, one of the main dudes behind CanadianGameDevs.com. Joining me this week, of course, the other main dude, Steven. Same way, but changed the A to an E. But we call him Steve, so we avoid confusion. It, it yep. works. We've made it this far. <laughs> it does work a little bit. <laughs> CanadianGameDevs.com is, of course, supported by our amazing patrons over at Patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs, where backing us gets you two-day early special access to this podcast, a Patreon-exclusive channel on our Discord, as well as shoutouts at the end of every episode and the knowledge that you're helping us keep the lights on covering the game dev scene. Sometimes we do game key giveaways, like most recently we bought some of those uh, Black Lives Matters bundles and we will be giving some of those Steam keys away because we just wanted to support the cause, you know? Yeah, did you see the one that has like 700 games or something on it? Yeah, so I bought the first Itch.io one and for $40 you got a bunch of games. Some of them did have Steam keys and I think you got that one too. But they just recently did... A one for that. The first one was for the bail fund, and this most recent one is just more generally like Black Lives Matter and the NACP or whatever. And that one's like eight hundred games, like four thousand US dollars worth of games, but there's no Steam codes in any of those. Oh really? Okay. I I think they're almost at like 
half a million. Let me double check before I say it. Cause it was, they were making, making some progress on that. Yeah. And there's like big games that they're okay. So they're, Oh my God, they're at 2.09 million Damn. raised. That's awesome. Um, and there's big games in here. There's like Oxen Free, or I would say Prestige Indies. You know, Oxen Free, Mortician's Tale, Night in the Woods, uh, Overland, like like Prestige Indies. You know. Yeah. There's um. A short hike. Ah, oh, worth it alone. It's five dollars for this bundle, and I would say it's worth it just for a short hike. And then you I mean, get wasn't short hike other like games. five dollars when it came out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Holy moly! Yeah, the bundle for racial justice and equality. All of the proceeds will be split 50-50 between the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund and the Community Bail Fund. They're hoping to raise $5 million, and there's eight days left. So if you got time and you got any money left, if you have five U.S. dollars, so that's probably like 10 Canadian, which is kind of sad. Because I, I use PayPal, and they always fuck with it a little bit. But, I know, um, yeah. yeah it's if like, you got any of that, get that bundle. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you are basically set for the probably the rest of the year <laughs> you, you could not play all those games in your lifetime yeah, Maybe, I, uh, I, I don't know actually yeah I don't 800 know. games assuming your lifetime also involves roughly eight hours of sleep and something you do during the day whether that's school or a job i don't think you'd play all the games in this bundle in your lifetime it's definitely a bananas amount of of games it's <laughs> but it's, it's going to get cause and uh you should mention we're also like using twitter and our platforms to kind of highlight um you know people of color and lgbtq plus it's pride month too that's right yes and so we're doing that on twitter we're highlighting that um just kind of doing you know what we can when it comes to uh everything that's going on i know we both donated and bought things like here and there separately so use the platform part. yep yeah. Have you seen the um, Traitors Against America person? Yeah, One Angry Gamer. <laughs> I, I pitched a, a headline that didn't get picked up that uh, for like the satire site Hard Drive, I, I write for them sometimes. My, my pitch was, uh, there are in fact many angry gamers, <laughs> but it, it didn't get enough likes. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's everyone, every game company that has um, done the boilerplate black screen with white text saying, we support Black Lives Matter. Uh, he's putting them on the list of, of traders and uh, it's like every game. There's like eight or just like two or 300 studios last time I checked. And uh, like, if you at all shown support for black lives matter, then uh, he's put you on the, the trader list and he's got like cosplayers, streamers, games, press people. Oh, I saw it. Cause I, I, I follow uh, Chris Reagan. Who's the like co-host of the PlayStation podcast with Colin mm-hmm. and, uh, and he, he was tweeting at that person and because of his name, he's like, he's like, can I go on the list? And and the guy was just like, all you have to do is use the hashtag. And then <laughs> so he hashtagged the Black Lives Matter. And he's just like, spell my name correctly so that I'm right under Chris Evans. So then he took a <laughs> screenshot of like Captain America and then Chris Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Man, can you imagine putting this is so stupid? This gamers are so stupid. Like, I thought that I've seen that account a couple times before. I always thought it was a parody, like of just like how ridiculous. Those Did you see like the video of him talking about the list? Because I thought that was a parody video at first. I'd never seen him IRL. Oh no! I, I no! I, I this whole time I, I honestly I've seen it come up him come up a few times, and mm-hmm. I thought it was just always a parody of just like really off, like just the worst of the worst. No, and, and now that this he's just he's actually the worst of the worst. Yeah, no. So I I don't know what he looks like or whatever. I can I can assume what he looks like. 
Um, yeah, he had, he put out a video of him in front of like the classic wall of games and the amiibos, like talking about how he's betrayed and like this. Does he is... have posters of like anime girls and stuff too? No, I didn't see any anime girl posters, but I assume they're off camera. But uh, yeah, it, it, how he's do I, how do I funny. The video, like, no one's linking to it. People are just downloading it and then reposting it because they don't want to, like, drive any traffic to him. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know what his name is. I also mixed up him in the quartering. Do you know the quartering? Quartering? No. It's another person who, like, um, is very alt-righty gamer person. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can't find the video now. Someone linked it in one of the discords I'm in. He's he's just like talking about how all these game studios are like betraying him and like declaring war on. Oh, I did. White see, yeah, people. sorry, I did see that guy. Yeah. Oh, man, how insecure do you need to be? I searched uh, "old ass gamer" on YouTube, and there's actually an old ass retro gamer who just seems to be reviewing old games, and I feel like he needs to maybe rebrand. <laughs> yeah, at this point, take gamer out of your your thing. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Anyways, we, we Anyways. Uh, Black Lives Matter. It's good. Black good Lives guys. Matter. Black game devs matter. And we need more of them. I was we were talking in the Discord a little bit this week and I was referencing the IGDA twenty nineteen survey. They they surveyed almost a thousand game developers, which you ideally you want a pool of like I forget, like there's a certain number of people if you survey you roughly get a picture of like almost accurate the the whole group. Hmm. But yeah, so they surveyed about a thousand game developers in 2019 to get a picture of the industry, and it was about 81 percent Caucasian. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's not surprising. Um, no, it's not. It's, and there's there are a lot of groups to like help with that stuff, like, um, and and I've known people to kind of. I guess I'm actually more speaking about like, uh, do you know what was the male to female breakdown? Do you remember? Oh, I'll, I'll pull it up quick. But uh, what was the place you were talking about to help? There, there's a couple. There's a group called um, Girl Game, uh, what is it? Girls Who Code or G- Girls Who Game, something along those lines, and uh, mm-hmm. it just helps like girls kind of get into like the tech industry and stuff like that because there is, you know, for so long there is this stigma, I guess, of that like girls go into like these professions and guys go into these professions, and that's sort of mm-hmm. what's caused what's happened now. Um, but I think it's like I think it's improving. I don't really know i know like when i was in computer science like there was like two girls in the program out of like 30 so in 2007 oh god um it hasn't really it wasn't it was i'm not surprised by those numbers um but i think like there's some groups that kind of really help with that stuff and then i'm assuming that there's also groups around like people of color and like lgbtq and stuff like that like just because of where you're from or your background or even your social upbringing like shouldn't you know, steer you away from like any of these professions. So, mm-hmm. I yeah. think the, the other thing too is that like tech, especially, has been very like you have to go to school, then you can get into tech. And so, of course, like lower income people couldn't really take those steps. So that's so they they're more typically in like other roles that required like shorter programs or just like no school at all, and you can kind mm-hmm. of jump in. So. Yeah, the meritocracy is a myth because it it assumes equal opportunity. But yeah, which is we will never not. have a meritocracy. We've never had a meritocracy. We never will have one. And these, if you've seen the picture of like the like the step ladder picture, it's like yeah. equality versus equity versus justice. Yeah, and like 
that that really helps you break like really understand it right away. But also the IGDA survey, seventy one percent of surveyors identified as male, twenty four percent identified as female, which is up ten percent from the last survey in twenty seventeen, and three percent non binary, two percent prefer not to say, and four percent identified as transgender. Yeah. So I wouldn't. So yeah. I'm not surprised that it's like gone up since 2017 and I would not really looking too much into it. Maybe this is off base, but I would, I would assume in like 10 years, it would get start getting closer to like that, you know, a population breakdown of like 50 or, you know, 48, 48 and 4%, the 4% being like transgender or non-binary or whatever, Mm -hmm. which I think is like the population breakdown roughly. It's getting better. And, uh, I think, yeah, hopefully opportunities like like the past couple of weeks where i've seen a lot of game developers on twitter highlighting black artists and creators help hopefully that translates into getting them into the studios and one of the other things like and you can tell there's not a lot of new ideas at a lot of these studios because uh, i don't know if you've kept up with valorant at all but it's riot games new like oh. counter-strike clone yeah overwatch basically and it's overwatch meets counter-strike but like it's like the art style and heroes with abilities of Overwatch, but like with the you buy guns at the beginning of the round, and mm-hmm. when you die, you're out for the round of mm-hmm. Counter Strike. Right. But they announced their new. They're called Agents, and it's essentially uh, Sombra from Overwatch. And then people found a a third one. I forget her name, but there's like a three like angry Latina characters with like pink hair who are I just identical. You really like they just swapped them between games and if like if you're like if this is not a compelling enough reason why we need to get more people into like creative positions because three different triple a studios essentially made the exact same character in their games <laughs> <laughs> that was like true uh not surprising at all wasn't well, that one of the things people were arguing are complaining about with last of us to the the and now we we're not going to talk about the leaks or anything we don't know anything about them but it was like hinted that it would be like a revenge of her like of a, of a girlfriend of Ellie. And like, that's a very overplayed overdone theme of like lesbian stories or something. That is an overplayed theme in lesbian stories. Um, the, have you ever gone to TV tropes.com? I spent too much time there. No, I don't, I don't even know that. Site. They do game stuff too. One of the other, uh, uh, tropes that last of us does is a bury your gaze is another trope or like in a gay relationship in any media, one of them has to die. It, it, and once you start looking at the list, you're like, oh my God, everyone does it. And it literally happens twice in The Last of Us. There's Bill and his partner, yeah. and Ellie and her first. Like, the trope happens twice in the same game. Holy now, shit. In fairness, a mm-hmm. lot of people die in Last of Us. And I don't think there's any pairing other than you and, and Ellie, Joel and Ellie, mm-hmm. that last. Though I'm trying to remember if anyone, if where your. Does your brother's wife pass away, die too, or no? No, they're okay. both still there at the end. Oh, tr- we, we don't know. You get to the top of the hill at the end, and you're like, oh, there's Bill's Town. Like, she could have died while we were gone, but I don't think so. Yeah, so they didn't show it. So never mind. Trope's alive and well. So. Anywho, let's get into some events, Steve. We've been, we've been rambling. Yeah. Uh, I want to plug two events for you right now. First of all, Dirty Rectal- Rectangles Online 2, happening Wednesday, June 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to twitch.tv slash Dirty Rectangles. Lots of speakers. Uh, like my former professor, Emily Flynn-Jones, you should go listen to all these people mystic muffins shout out to kezia one of the programmers on cuphead and doing their own cool stuff um definitely lots of cool talks i will be tuning in uh and i hope you'll join me next event interactive ontario 
who, if you're not following them on Twitter or Facebook, they're very active and useful resource. I recommend it. They're having two town halls this month about recovery and stimulus measures for the interactive digital media and games industry. The first is happening June 8th, Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Probably missed that by the time you're listening to this, but they're having another one June 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can register for both of those uh, for more, and I'm pretty sure registration is free. Let me just click on this link before I, I steer you wrong. Um, it's an event, right? And yes, there you go. Go check out both those events. Do you have any other events for us to plug this week, Steve? No, I was just looking because uh, I, I always kind of just refer to our Discord because people post mm-hmm. in there, and that's probably the best place to find out these things or if we retweet them or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, but nothing, nothing else I'm seeing other than mentioned so excellent uh we've got one job to plug this week and that is a game studios is looking for a 2d artist for their upcoming 70s theme retro future sci-fi game that sounds dope i want to play a 70s themed retro future sci-fi game that giving me headlander vibes you know double fine uh, headlander that was a really fun little platformer where like your head has a little rocket on it anyway that's an aside uh the studio is looking for someone who's willing to work remotely must be based in ontario probably for tax credit reasons reasons has a flexible schedule and can commit at least 10 to 15 hours a week for the next eight months they're willing to pay 30 dollars an hour and as we get to in hot top hot take of the week uh at the bottom here that's a pretty good rate for paying someone uh comparatively um you'll be working on designing and integrating optimized 2d assets for game sprites working with the creative director to use concept art to refine the general look and tone iterate on the visual direction uh understand it must be able to understand and implement game art pipeline in unity um in bonus experience if you're familiar with the full development cycle cycle and have worked on game art before so if you want to apply to that job you're a 2d artist looking to get in to some more work Check that out. It's on our site, canegamedevs.com slash jobs. You can also find A Game Studios on Twitter and their website, agamestudios.com. No spaces, no dashes. Sorry, .ca. Ooh, I did find something. I thought, I thought there was something. One more event? Um, Game Devs of Color Expo is... Uh, now, this is a, in technically in New York, but it's going virtual, so, you know, you don't have to... You can just join now. Uh, we'll be coming to your screen September 19th, 2020. You should get this on the site because um, we're just talking about all this sort of stuff. Speakers and game submissions are open now, so you can apply your indie game there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to just sh- I'll retweet again. I'll share it in our Discord, but uh, the Twitter account is C-D-O-C Expo. Sorry, G-D-O-C Expo. Game Devs mm. Color Expo. Um, they're having an event in I guess what would have been New York, but now is going to be online. Yeah, don't go to New York right now if you can't avoid it. I would just avoid all travel at all times. July 1st is when submissions are closed, um, and then the team will start working at that stuff. So you can um, put your stuff there. And so I'll retweet again. I'll put it in our Discord. and uh, Which you should join. You should join, yes. You can go to the website to join the Discord, so. All right, let's roll, roll into some news here, Steve. I didn't have as much as last week. Obviously, the media space is being taken up by more important things at the moment. But there's a couple little things we can talk about. Uh, the first, new game Scully tumbling onto Steam and consoles later this year. Oh, I messed up the headline. I said next year. That's probably... Uh, I'll, I'm going to fix that. But uh, <laughs> Scully is launching August 4th, 2020. It's on Steam, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. 
we found out about this through Jason Canham, friend of the show, been on before. Toronto-based solo dev is assisting on it with Finish Line Games in Toronto and Modus Games in California. Scully features an animated skull who must hop, skip, and roll to save the island they find themselves washed upon. Uh, you can add to your wish list right now on Steam, Steve, and I'm, I'm assuming you want it on PlayStation for those juicy trophies. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what else this means? Um, because it's coming to PlayStation after July, this has to work, run on PlayStation 5. Can you give me the source on that? Because yes. I, I don't remember... I'm not saying I don't believe you. I, I just don't remember hearing that. Yeah, I'll find it for you. The only backwards compatible thing I thought was like when Mark Cerny said that like every popular game or whatever. I forget how he said it. Like right, top, one, top 100 games or something would be playable. But then, oh, this looks actually pretty sweet. Uh... This is from Eurogamer, uh, 29th of May. Sony has told PlayStation 4 game developers that any new titles submitted for certification before July 13th must also be compatible with the PlayStation 5. You mean after? Uh, oh, beginning July 13th. Sorry, oh. my bad. You're right, you're right. So yeah, this... Actually, I, I don't think they would certify it two months before it comes out, but... They could get around that by getting it certified like July 12th. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I'm assuming it'll be a couple weeks before the game launches. So that'll be after July 15th, which means Scully's probably coming to PS5, Scoop. You? Um, but yeah, you're looking, at, you're looking at the trailer here. What do you think? I'm, I'm digging this a lot. Um, I'm getting a little, like, you know, a little Marble Madness or Super Monkey Ball vibes, mm. obviously, with the rolling. But then a little mm-hmm. bit of, like... I'm sure there's a better example, but I'm getting a little bit of a knack vibe too, where, where it's like the platforming stuff, but of different. It looks like you're different sizes at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm feeling this. I uh, I will definitely play it on PlayStation. I assume it's not on the store for me to wish list, but let's find out. Probably not because the PlayStation store sucks. Oh my god, so bad. It's only three. Could you add it to your Steam wish list to help out these Canadian developers? You know what? I'll do it right now. Excellent. Did you did you listen to last week's? I did the the buy now sound is the winner Gagne. I found it. Nice. Yes, I did. I found I the lowest that. quality version, <laughs> so it's like really garbled. Uh, I, I had a chuckle about that for sure. Good, we should also did mention you listen? I, did a, I did an interview with um, Insert Coin Accounting. And we oh yeah, we should like, also yeah. also the um, interview with Spoonie Bird is also out so you should check out both of those in the feed i've also gone through all our podcasts and so i changed all the numbers on apple podcasts and now they're right it was bothering me so if you go through you should be able to see them but for some reason we can't see any of the episodes before 66 and i, I can't figure out what's wrong with it. like i've gone on to our rss feed and like made sure it's the right number and there's an audio file there so I'm something's weird about that 66 is about 100 away 100 or so ago because there's like un- unnumbered episodes and so I'm, yeah, but like, so you know how like you change, you can like in when you publish it, you change the number of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've done that for all of them. Oh my god. Thank yeah, you. like I just it took like an hour. I just put on a put on a YouTube video, went through, did all that. But uh, yeah, so all the interviews are now bonuses, and all of the regular full episodes are are numbered. So it looks really nice in Apple Podcasts now. So you should check check that out. But yeah, so now you and can, reviews on interviews. Apple yeah, and reviews. Interviews will be biweekly. So Spoonie Bartuna went up Friday. Um, next, next Friday, I've got, uh, another special, interesting guest and you can expect them bi-weekly after that. Next bit of news, Steve. Um, I want to talk about 
Radio General, which we've played on the stream, uh, they marked the 76th anniversary of D-Day yesterday, June 6th, uh, with a new update. Version 3.0 has two new single-player campaigns, uh, as well as a whole bunch of minor tweaks and ads um, that fix a lot of things, as well as just give you new, um, like there's new historical documents, new um, research they put into a lot of these uh, missions and yeah it's a free update too um you can check out our interview with the devs which we did i guess like a month ago now two months ago i forget um they're a saskatoon based independent game studio and they released radio general april 7th i want to say 9th i was close uh, yeah and then yeah our interview was may 8th so holy moly time flies steve and yeah no, no kidding jesus <laughs> Time flies. Nice. This is, this is cool. Actually, I didn't know he was, um, you know, putting some more content in the game. That's that's. Uh, I like it. I was looking. I was wondering. The the thing is, it's not. I guess the D Day, um, campaign. Was, I, I assume D Day was already in there. That's like one of the big ones, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't play it after we streamed. Uh, just being my stupid, non PC game in itself, but. I like it. It was good. Yeah, I I was really surprised with the the audio quality for like you you actually command your troops with your your microphone and and we learned in the interview that it's probably because I have like a better than headset microphone because they said they were they were that was one of the things they worked really hard on to get that to work. Yeah, but um, it's yeah, but they're kind of like they're slaves, I guess, to the like the quality of microphone you have. So if you have a shit microphone, it, it's it just not going to work. It wouldn't work that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're doing really well on Steam. 200 reviews as of recording. Very positive. Um, the let's let's find let's find. I love I love reading some of these reviews. I like to sort by funny. Do you, do you ever sort through by funny? I, I'm more to be honest. I've never really looked at Steam reviews. You're probably better for it. <laughs> Try um, not to look at comments too much online. Let's see. Kaz has two hours on record. Said. I'm yelling to my troops while cosplaying as an army general. Truly immersive. <laughs> uh, Unsighted Light has uh, five hours on record, and they say co-op is fantastic, um, but due to poor communication, we just keep shelling our own troops. <laughs> it's an entire game about incomplete information. Co-op just adds to it. Those weren't very funny. I'm sorry I wasted your time. But uh, no, you can go no. check it out on Steam. Uh, very positive, 200 reviews. And anyone who can get more than like 100 reviews in their Steam game, you've, you've done something right to break through the 200 games that launch every day on Steam. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what's the... Do you know, or, are you, or if you do know, are you allowed to say the, the percentage of, like, I guess, buyers to reviewers? I've always wondered that. Mm. There's actually a studio... There's like a, a company I follow in... Um, I think they're in the UK and they love to publish all this like details after all the games they, that they, they publish, they like break down how many reviews led to how many sales and, and try and do that. But it's, it's not a lot like your game could get like, obviously steam will prioritize games that are selling well overall. So like, even if a game's trash, but it's selling a lot, it'll get, because that's what the algorithm cares about is engagement with money, not quality. Yeah. Which, you know, says a lot about Steam and mar digital marketplaces in general. Well, they but, want their 30%. Exactly. Uh, and more more if your game sells more because they, they tweaked it a bit. I think once you hit a million, or no, less once you sell more. Like once you hit a million dollars in revenue, 
um, Steam takes a smaller cut and it like gets smaller at like three million and five million or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I like reviews and and streams to an extent don't really matter. Um, and it just more shows like people who are already on that page interested, like, Oh, okay. People like it. It's also just become like a weapon. Cause if someone developer at a studio says like something controversial on Twitter, it just gets bombed. So like, oh, they, they, yeah, they, get bombed. <laughs> they don't even mean, they don't mean much anyway. It's just however people feel about the developers that day in some cases. Yeah. Well, it, it's not when they added the, like, um, the, the, new, the anti-cheat to doom eternal <clears throat> well no i was thinking like the scene did the like recent review thing where it's like this has like overall it has like a negative for instance like mm. i think no man's sky like overall it was negative but then like the recent reviews with all the like patches and stuff was positive so they they highlight i guess like kind of what's going on recent but i always i always thought those were because like the game would be released on epic game store first but then so they would just bomb the steam page just like guys they got their epic money <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, that happened to Borderlands Steam. 3. Yeah. Yeah, and then speaking Doom of Borderlands their, 3, Doom had their issues or whatever or whatever but I don't I don't pretend to understand or care about the like the mod shit on PCs. Like I just don't doesn't matter to me. But running theme of the show, gamers are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh Speaking of Borderlands 3, I actually don't have anything to say about Borderlands 3, but I want to talk about Bioware and uh, all the Dragon Age games are now available on Steam. Uh, announced this week, EA, after there was like some drama a while ago, they put all their games on Steam, but then the way they did their in-game transactions, not through Steam, they got kicked off. Or so, I don't know the whole Is story. Is that true? Someone said that on our Discord, and I was just like, I thought it was just because EA was like, we could just make our own storefront and no, save there, there was No, there was some drama between Valve and EA and... Uh, but, you know, Steam is the platform, so eventually all roads lead to Steam, so they had to come back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, the reason EA left Steam... Let's see if we can pull up quick here. I, I thought... Granted, I don't know, slash don't care, but I thought it was just because they're, like... Unlike PlayStation or Xbox, where you can't just, like, release your own console, they're just like, wait, we can just make our own origin, like, client, and like save 30 percent on every single sale mm. and so let's just do that and then they they did i didn't really i didn't think because like i i but I, I again i don't know i don't follow that stuff and i, I just assumed when someone said that on our discord i was like eh, that just sounds like anti ea stuff but i wouldn't mm. put it past it's most hated company in america <laughs> i know which is so so ridiculous so stupid because there's like actual health insurance companies that like kill people. I know. It's just because like, <laughs> like the gamers are already online, so the poll comes up to vote for the worst company in America, and they're like, "Yay!" It's like, "Oh, yay!" Maybe pay for Darth Vader, boo. I actually can't find. Yeah. So in 2011, EA left Steam to publish exclusively on Origin. Um, but I can't. I can't find why. I, yeah. It's probably just what you're talking about, where they were like, "Hey, why are we taking a cut?" Yeah. Exactly. This thread from 2015, what's the real reason EA pulled their games from Steam? EA wanted to sell Dragon Age 2's DLC directly through the game instead of through Steam, so EA wouldn't have to give a cut of the sales to Valve, but Valve said no, so they removed. So yeah, it looks like there was some drama. So so the way the way I was interpreting it was that like Steam was like, hey, you're really nickel and diming customers here. You can't do that. 
and EA was like, no, that's what we do. <laughs> but it no, no, it was like, like they wanted to cut out Valve by like you you bought Dragon Age two through Steam, but then you bought the Dragon Age two DLC through the game, not through Steam. Yeah, I see. But it's funny because that's what Rockstar does now at GTA. So clearly they're laxed on it. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Steam's just like. Well, I mean, they don't care. They don't. They got the money. Gabe Newell wakes up every morning and has to like swim through his house of money, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> so, like Gabe, you're two hours late for work." And he's like, "I know. They added a new room full of money. I had to swim through to get to my keys." I do have a new. It's story. such a pain. There is a new story, by the way. A new story. What do you got? Uh. Dead by Daylight, which is uh, made over in Montreal by uh, Behavior. I think it's just Behavior. Behavior Interactive, I guess, technically. Yeah, CMF-funded game. What, yeah. what? Dead by Daylight is an asymmetric multiplayer game. I don't know if you played it. I haven't. I have um, played it. But they're adding Silent Hill like, characters and stuff to it. So no way. The, the hashtag fuck Konami people did something? <laughs> Maybe. Does this mean they're open to Silent Hill properties being used in actual games and not slot machines? Uh, potentially. Interesting. Because Dead by Daylight, I don't know if you played it, mm-hmm. but my yeah. understanding is that it has just, like, a whole slew of, like... Oh, it has everything. It's yeah. got Freddy Krueger, Stranger Things kids, it's got everything. Um, so they added Pyramid Head, who's, like, iconic in Town Hill stuff, and, mm-hmm. and a few other things. So that's coming in June. Excellent. Konami, I would... I guess Konami just, like... Because there's the rumor with the PlayStation stuff too. They're probably just like shopping around their character stuff, and they're just like, "Hey, we don't want to make this shit." So I don't want to make Man, this, how much this is the shit. Silent Hill license? I don't know. There hasn't been a new Silent Hill game since last generation. So, holy moly! Can we also take this time to talk about how stupid PT is? PT's not stupid. It just has this like it has this air of like mystery around it because no one can play it anymore. So there's like archival footage and like people picking it apart and uh and it was Kojima. Everyone loves everything Kojima does. I don't know why. I don't know why either. But oh, you um, want a really poorly written, like sexualized female character? Come and join. No, it Steve, PT. she breathes through her skin. That's why she has to wear a bikini. God, it's like you didn't even play the game. <laughs> there hasn't no, been yeah, a new yeah, Sound Hill you... game since two thousand twelve <laughs> when there was three new Sound Hill games, not including PT. Who I was listening to a interview i was listening to an interview with someone who worked on silent hill what was the i i listen to so many podcasts like the, it's bad Steve. like the og silent hill no 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 it was one of the hold on i have to find it it was jesus between 2007 and 2009 there was silent hill arcade silent hill origins which was pretty good silent hill orphan silent hill the escape silent hill orphan 2 silent hill homecoming silent hill shattered memories that's Three seven games in three years. Yikes, that's not good. And then in 2012 they did Downpour, which was alright. HD collection, Book of Memories, which was awful, and then nothing since then. Except it was Sam Barlow. I was listening to a, a podcast I really like called Humans Who Make Games, hosted by Adam Conover. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed Sam Barlow, who did like her story and most recently Telling Lies and a couple other wings. Mm-hmm. But uh he was actually one of the designers on Silent Hill Origins and Shattered Memories and talked about the development process behind those games. It was really interesting. If you like Shattered Silent Memories. Hill. Yeah, Shattered, Shattered Memories was really cool. That was the main one. Um but yeah, that's it for the news this week. Check out Silent Hill coming soon to a Dead by Daylight near you. I'm sorry, I asked a couple times. Did you play Dead by Daylight or no? I did play Dead by Daylight. It's PSM. There was a PS Plus game, I think. So you probably have it. 
I, I don't know. I, it's better than the Friday the 13th game. That was awful. I tried to play the game for, I gave it the good college try, Steve, like probably a couple hours on two separate nights. It was just miserable. And I will say going to Dead by Daylight, I played Dead by Daylight after that on PC, much better experience. Um, it, it, it's got some cool gimmicks. The thing I hate about it, and I hate this about anytime I see it in a game, I've never seen it done right. Is you know when like you're do- like um, have you played State of Decay? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you know when you're looting um like a drawer in State of Decay, um like a a quick time event will happen. And oh then, yeah, and you could be loud or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's the it's so annoying because like you you're looting through something and it takes like whatever five ten seconds, which feels like an eternity when you're just staring at a screen. Hmm. And uh, in Dead by Daylight, you have to, like, turn on these generators and just randomly, like, a, a quick time, like, a bar will, like, a circular bar will begin to move and you have to hit it at this really precise location. You have to hit spacebar or else it makes a huge noise. Hmm. And it's just, it's a small thing. It happens, like, it's a small part of the experience, but it just, I hate it. And so I, I didn't play a whole lot of it just because that would piss me off because I would always miss it. And maybe that's me, but I don't think it should be a, a reaction I don't know. It's 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 got it. I don't think it has a time and place in games. Take that shit out of all the games you make. If you're thinking about putting one of those into a game and someone's listening to this, take it out. It's not fun. I don't know. I've never met someone who's like, oh, I love when I'm like doing the generator and he's like coming up with me and I don't hit spacebar fast enough and he finds me. No, everyone hates that. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't really played too many of these asymmetric games and and I've really like I played. Uh, the Friday the 13th one, that was super buggy and just like, uh. yeah. Um, I played Resident Evil Resistance, which I had fun for like the week or whatever that I played it. And then I was kind of, I was done with it. Um, I don't know these games, like these games, I can't really think of many others. Uh, I've never really got into them. Um, I don't know. Not my, I guess Doom Eternals has a mode like that too. Doesn't it? I don't know. I didn't play the multiplayer. By the way, here's the full list of Silent Hill games you need to play. Silent Hill 2. There you go. Go do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's it for the news. Now we're going to move on to our our most popular segment, probably just based on Twitter threads I make. Wishlist This, inspired <laughs> by Steve and Brett's Rest in Peace, frequent wishlisting of games while we were recording the show. In this segment, I highlight three upcoming Canadian-made games Steve has to add to his wishlist right now. And then I play a little sound effect that Sebastian gave us. First I like up. How, I like how you asked me to add Scully to the Steam wish list to help them out, but not Bioware's games. Pfft, Bioware's fine. <laughs> you know what Bioware needs to do? For, uh, fix Anthem? Oh, well, yeah. I was going to say bring all the Mass Effect games to PS5. but Oh, yeah. they do that. That's the rumor. Man, I, would, I would buy the fuck of a Mass Effect. Like, actual remaster, not like port. Like, an actual... like just strip all the assets out of mass effect one and actually make it look presentable. And then, you know, you can, you can tweak whatever else in two and three, but then put, put that onto whatever I will play it again. I love mass effect. See what you want out of that is like how I feel about Resident Evil two and some of these other like remakes, by the way, just so, just so Mm. I can, just so it's in your head of like what some of these games mean. See, but like, that's a, that's a like, younger steve nostalgia whereas like mass effect was like my, my late teens I, for me that younger thing would be like like a sly cooper remake but they'll never do that ever no obviously not well not, you don't i don't know we should they could i mean they did it with crash right 
Yeah, but Crash was massive. That was one of the biggest games ever in the 90s, you know? Yeah, that's true. I'm Crash sorry was people like, didn't like Sly Cooper. It's all right. It's got a very passionate furry community. Um, <laughs> who freak, freak me out a little bit. Um, anyway, first game on wish list this, this week. I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going to say Gatela, G-A-T-A-E-L-A, uh, at Gatela Project on Twitter. This was someone, uh, we at the beginning of the week, uh, we were like, hey, if you're an LGBT plus or black uh, developer, we want to highlight your games and talk about them. And, and this was um, Paige Mar- Marinac from Ottawa. Uh, tweeted this at us. It's on Steam. You can wishlist this. <clears throat> a Victorian steampunk RPG where saving the kingdom requires more than just brains and brawn. You also need to talk to people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Featuring a debate battle system. Talk, debate, convince, and negotiate with NPCs in order to save the country. The only reason I laughed is I didn't read this beforehand. So when it said, you also need to talk to people, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> It makes sense because, like, then the very next sentence they talk about how featuring the debate battle systems, but before it just seems like you're just going to be talking to people. Um, I, I want to see. I'm watching the trailer right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. There's no gifts in the Steam page. That's okay. There's time. They got time. They got time. They have headers. They have cute headers with little chibi characters. To give you an idea, is planning release date still says 2020. There's a demo mm-hmm. actually you can download, so I'm going to actually do that right now. Do we have a sound effect for downloading the demo? Demo, oh, Steve, you're, too many sound effects. Demo, I'll do like a. Is there like an in, insert coin sound effect for like arcade games? Wouldn't it sound too similar to the. Yeah, you know what, you're right. What's a good demo sound? Like a. Oh, you know what I'm going to use? I'm going to use, you know, the Game Boy Advance like startup song? Like. Uh, no, I can't think of it right now, but. No, that, that one's not good, actually. You know what? I'll think of something. We'll <laughs> fix think, it in post. You think it over. I want to download the demo. I want to download the demo. It had 0.2 version beta released in February 22. So, um, you know, take that with whatever you want. I'm watching the trailer right now, and, and there's gameplay. They're showing the, debate, the, like, the battle system, but there's no UI in it. So I want to know, like, what the actual debate battle mm. system is. Also, there's times where they're battling, like, snakes and stuff. So I'm interested if you're, like, debating with, like, snakes and wolves. But uh, I'm digging this. It looks like a uh, looks like a SNES RPG as well. So it is pretty. They do that thing where um, it's a popular trailer gimmick I like, where like the player character is moving, and then like the background changes out to the different scenes, but the character stays in the same position. Mm. That's one of my favorite things. Dead Cells trailer is really good. If you ever watch the Dead Cells trailer, uh, but Steve, you know what I gotta ask mm-hmm. is. Get Gatela on Steve's Steam wish list. It is, yes. Excellent. Um, next game on wish list this this week. Lots of this is Clan Man 2. Steve, I've been following this game for a while and I didn't know they were Canadian until I just clicked on their profile one day. Are you familiar with Clan Man? I'm not. Is that always a good feeling though when you're like when you're like watching a game and then all of a sudden it's like you're like oh. Canadian? It's this is awesome. It's like, I can cover this. No, and I just feel a little bit sense of pride where it's just like, yo, this is like a dope game I've been looking forward to, and it's made in, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, whatever. So. But uh, exactly. no, I'm not. No, there's two Clan Mans I'm looking up, though. Clan Man 2, Open Mic, and Headliner, but Open Mic is free. Yeah, so Clan Man, I don't know why it's called Clan Man 2, because there's no Clan Man 1, really, but that might be a joke. Clan Man 2, Open Mic is... Uh, Open no open mic is the the demo that's free. It's also gonna be part of the Steam. Uh, what's the thing coming up with all the demos? It's gonna be part of that thing. 
and oh, yeah, it's yeah. a prologue for Clayman 2 Headliner, a combatless stand-up comedy RPG adventure where the jokes are loot and the boss fights are comedy shows. Holy shit, Steve. That is a pitch. You've sold me on your game. You've sold me on Clan Man merch. You've sold me on a Clan Man animated web series. I am all in on Clan Man. <laughs> Clan Man is exactly what you think he looks like, too. It's a person in just a collared shirt tie with a clam for a head. It's, oh, oh. There is a Clan Man one, by the way. Where is it? I couldn't find it. Oh, yeah, it's on search the if you click on the developer it came out uh may 23rd 2019 holy shit no 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 wait no there's open mic which is the pre- prequel to headliner which is coming out still hey man i'm looking at climb in one right now an absurd strange and hilarious underwater adventure featuring office work the duck of truth nasty drinks the horrifying reality of mayonnaise crime holy shit i can't find it on my steam maybe i filtered it out for some reason Maybe. And but, there's gifts on the on the original one, so you can pick that up. It's twenty, or sorry, it's eleven forty nine. Yeah. So. Oh, easy. That's sailed, sold. Do the. I'm I'm playing the ka-ching sound. Right. I'm I'm buying it right now. Oh, nice. We got we got two weeks in a row. What, what can I say? Um, but yeah. Uh, looking at the Steam page, Steve, what do you think? I think it. it's giving me the um, the adventure and like LucasArts adventure game vibes too. But it's got that like side text, like uh, I don't know if you've seen any Disco Elysium, but they do all the text on the side in a similar strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I love, like the whole like world of stand-up comedy is so interesting to me, and I, I it's never been done in a game before. Like I can't think of a single game that's tried to tackle that as a theme, which blows my mind because I feel like the overlap between like game developers and <laughs> people who are interested in stand-up and good writing, I feel like there has to be a lot of overlap there. You, you think there? I remember telling. Brett, that he should have been made, or he should have made like a, a stand-up game because he he's like a stand-up comedian, like he's trying to get that going, and he's on the road all the time with that stuff. And mm-hmm. Brett Maser, friend of the show, obviously. Rest um, in peace. Rest in peace. He's not actually dead, by the way. He's just not on the show. No, he's not. He's fine. Um, and I was just like, dude, you should do this. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking of, uh, I was like, you never, I don't think you ever played Thousand Year Door, like Paper Mario, the GameCube one. Because no. you like perform in a crowd and then there's like time based like RPG stuff. So I always thought it was you could do something like that, like a guitar hero type of thing, like rhythm game with like jokes and stuff. And if you mess up the rhythm, then you mess up the joke. <laughs> I could see that. I think it works better as an adventure game. I'm down with that too. You pick the jokes and stuff. Which is, uh, it looks like what this is. And Steve, is it on the wish list? It is, yes. <sighs> I'm, so, I, I'm very excited about this. It's from a Montreal-based developer, Marafras, at Marafras on Twitter. Very excited, very excited. Uh, last game today also came from uh, Twitter, and we've talked about it before. It was one of the uh, Ubisoft Indie Fun grand prize winner, Soul Estate, which we haven't done on a wishlist this segment. Coming to Steam, when we're a united front, is what the Steam page says. Ooh. I like that. Uh, so, <laughs> never. Um, yeah, Never. They uh, said there's also a demo coming to the Steam Game Festival, which is, starts June 16th. A whole bunch of Canadian indies are going to be part of the Steam Game Festival with demos and stuff, uh, Depowerball, a couple others. And I will be doing uh, an article of like linking to all of them, and then I'm going to do a thread and tag them all with gifts. So stay tuned for those if you're looking for Canadian games to check out in the Game Festival. But what you can do right now is add Soul Estate to your wish list, Steve. Is it on your wish list uh it already was uh, did oh. we do this in a previous thing or 
Well, I, I, like we talked about it when it won the indie fund, so you might have done it then. But I'm not going to play the sound effect because that doesn't count. But I will do the movie voice. <clears throat> Soul Estate is a 3D visual novel about a young hacker, Chloe, who comes to her political awakening as she seeks out her friends in a sci-fi surveillance society, make challenging choices in a city fractured by inequality and intrigue, and shape different fractions that are fighting for their livelihoods. This is too real. I don't know if they realize the, the climate they're really working on this game on i'm sure they do this is this is like just happening right now i know um i guess guess like when they had the release date maybe they actually were just going with the theme of their game but now it's like really just like uh it's a little bit more than just like the theme in this game um i'm yeah I'm, i'm look at this gif of like the the rotation stuff i need to watch the trailer let me watch the trailer Okay. Uh, so there seems to be some play with like the like where you're viewing and then how it rotates and stuff. Yeah, you're like you're using your mouse to like drag the world around, and the perspective has the like text of the visual novel on like walls or ceilings and stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's and then like the then you can click on people and talk to them and shit. Um, it's being developed by Vivid, Vivid Foundry in Toronto. Um, they won the grand prize in the Ubisoft Indie Series for this. So clearly, investors and Ubisoft top talent thought it was worthy of it. Nice. The Verge says it's the game's. Oh, I lost that point in the trailer. Also, who cares what The Verge has to say? <laughs> yeah, I guess in the Steam page. Well, there's you, GIF singular. If you, search the, um, if you search the game, the demo actually comes up, but it's not on the page yet. So. When does this? When does this demo? June sixteenth is the Steam Game Festival. Okay. So a whole bunch of demos, and uh, I think the goal there is to like get people playing games, adding them to their wish list, and we will be trying to help highlight the Canadian ones. Yeah, yeah, because the other ones can go to hell. Like exactly. American ones, Brazil, Europe. <laughs> I, I like the Swedes. They have some good ones. <laughs> that's it for wishlist this this week if you want to get your game on the show although i got a whole bunch from a thread today so i'm, I'm good for like but you keep sending them in and i like i i keep a list but we won't be able to get to yours for like a week or two because we had so many come out today uh but yeah definitely send them in we want to talk about your games highlight it look at the steam page judge your lack of gifts please feed my gift judgment now we're moving on to our our, our quarantine segment of the podcast that, that steve came up with vintage canadian game of the week vintage steve of course, meaning, what does vintage mean? <laughs> you keep looking. I look it up every week because I forget. Uh, ah, I don't want to show you ads. You got to get, get the money somehow. Yeah. Vintage as an adjective um, of old, recognized, and enduring interest, importance, or quality, a.k.a. a classic. And, of course, all these games here, we, we set a arbitrary date of, like, three years. They released over three years from when we're talking about it. That's vintage in games when a couple of weeks is, like, forever. Yeah. Um, so so every week we highlight a Canadian game that we think is vintage. It's worthy of your time. It's, it's It needs to be taken off the shelf, blown off, poured into a nice glass, and served with an evening of... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that analogy. It didn't work at all. But, Steve, what's your pick for Vintage Canadian Game of the Week? Uh, I'm going with a Bioware joint. We were just talking about them. Uh, and it's now on Steam. Dragon Age Inquisition, which mm. was the last Dragon Age game, I think. Yes. Right? Um, yes. And it was released in 2014 um, for 
you know, PC, PlayStation 3, 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, etc. And uh, I don't know if you played the Dragon Age games. I I was a big fan of them. I actually liked one and two, and I liked I've liked all three of them. The the lore in the game, like I used to know more about it, but you know, since there hasn't been a new game in like eight years, like or six years, I haven't really kind of fallen out of it. But Inquisition is basically this cool. It's like a civil war going on where there's like just this explosion that kills a bunch of mages and a bunch of uh, Templars. And mm. you're like your party is formed to kind of investigate, like as a third party, to see what happened and, and where the game goes and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool mm. moments in the game. Um, I actually like re-downloaded it recently because I I have the, all the deal like it's part of EA Access and I had the DLC and I but I never played it so I re-downloaded it but I don't have a recent save so I kind of just like messed around in it um, but I was only like level twelve or something. And couldn't uh, couldn't do the DLC, so it is what it is. But it's really good. It's on Steam now, so I would recommend picking up. I, I think Dragon Age Four or whatever, whatever the next one is announced. Um, yeah, yeah, they said they're working on the next Dragon Age. Yeah, I think it was a video game awards thing. They just they, um, and people keep memeing uh, Mark Dara, who's like the creative director or whatever at Bioware. Like all the time, he like big announcement, and then he's like, "I found my old miniatures," and was like, oh, "God yeah. damn it, Mark!" <laughs> yeah, I follow him on Twitter actually. <laughs> so, so he knows people are thirsty for for deets, and he's just just trolling them. Oh my god, the fourth main entry is in series is under development as of 2020. Development of the game, codenamed Joplin, began in 2015. It was originally intended to be a smaller, more narrative focused game set in some place of the region. Uh, problems with the game's development at Bioware's other games, Andromeda and Anthem, led to repeated interruptions of Joplin. So, who knows when this game is actually coming out, or the next one, but Inquis- I would recommend all three of them, but I think the Inquisition is probably the strongest one. Uh, mm-hmm. pick that. And it's on Steam right so, now, so I'm probably cheap, too. But Steven, did, Steven didn't tell me to wishlist it, so you'll never know. No, don't wishlist it. It's out. It's fine. They made their money. And the other thing... I want to say about Dragon Age Inquisition, I, I think about it every time I see it come up, is it came out in 2014, won a Game of the Year at the Game Awards, won Best RPG of the Year from a bunch of places. And I didn't find out until like a year or two later, or whenever Jason Schreier did his big um, like piece on the work culture at Bioware, that um, the crunch on Dragon Age Inquisition was so severe and people were just miserable. There was like the crying room at Bioware where people go to have mental breakdowns and then they would either just leave the company forever or disappear for three months and come back yeah. a shell of a person. But everyone, or oh, he talked to several developers like, I hope the game tanks and I hope that EA takes it and Bioware, like just shut the studio down or just like take a huge look at how we're doing this and change it. But it didn't, it did so well. It was critically acclaimed a huge financial success that apparently a bunch of devs were just like, fuck, like this is just feeding into like the positive reinforcement that Bioware execs and EA shareholders are getting right now for like, Oh, this was like the way to do it. It was all the devs like, no, no, no one should make games like this. Hopefully though, they've learned, Oh, you know they haven't. They they shut down Bioware Montreal after Andromeda, and everyone got fired. And the miserable development of Anthem and all the stuff after, like they didn't learn anything. Hmm. They they constantly cite, um, and and I don't know if you've seen any of the Jim Sterling videos where he trolls them about this, but it's like a they call it Bioware magic. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) there's no, um... it's not Bioware magic. It's workplace abuse. 
There's the uh, there's the Bioware book that's coming out, isn't there? We talked about this. Yeah, yeah, but I guarantee you there'll be nothing juicy in that because it's all been approved through whoever gets that published. Bioware Stories and Secrets from 25 Years of Game Development is planned in November, so we'll see what's like in November. Nothing. There'll, there'll be nothing in there but like praise and pats on the backs. So is it a is it a thing where you wouldn't play Dragon Age Four? See, here's another thing unrelated to crunch and shitty project management that I think there's two kinds of gamers. There's the Skyrim Dragon Age gamers and there's the Fallout Mass Effect gamers. And I'm a Fallout Mass Effect fan and I don't really like Skyrim and I don't really like Dragon Age. So if it was So Dragon Age 4 is not really a game you're going, but if it was a Mass Effect 4 or whatever. I I would play another Mass Well, technically Andromeda was Mass Effect 4, but it was awful. Yeah. Um, but if they ever wanted to revisit that series, that I, that would be more interested to me than um, Dragon Age 4. I watched my friend Cody lived with me in uh, grade 12. He played, I watched him play a whole bunch of it on the TV. We just sit there and it looked really cool. It's not my kind of game. I, I hate fantasy just overall, but yeah, that's sure. a personal preference. So I feel that way kind of about space where I'm just like, mm. space can get so stupid with <laughs> characters and aliens and- <laughs> all this shit and star like i love star wars but star wars is so dumb like star wars is so dumb (laughs) i feel like space stuff is just always stupid (laughs) see i think it's because my dad and i watched like all of star trek when i was a kid like Mm. the og star trek and then next generation and then all the movies yeah and i think that was like in like in some way like i was like ooh, this is cool because my dad likes it so i should like it you know what i mean that's fair i mean that's kind of the star wars my love for Star Wars comes from like Steven the nerd in terms of movies came from two weekends where one weekend I watched Star the whole Star Wars original trilogy. I mean, this was before mm-hmm. even the, the prequels were out with my mom when I was in like grade four or five. And then the next weekend we watched the three Indiana Jones movies. And Ooh, like I love the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, they're amazing. Like Steven the nerd like was kind of formed during the, the, those two weekends because I just watched and then I Rewatch like Indiana Jones, I loved like I rewatched it over and over again. I'm also the only person I know who liked number four, so <laughs> Steve, <laughs> I like the first so half much of- about you makes sense. You like Indiana Jones 4, you like Fallout 76. <laughs> oh, yeah, game of the year. I like the start of Indiana Jones 4, like the 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 fight in the bar in the um, in the bar, and then the, the the like the car chase through the like the library and stuff like that, and when they go to like basically rob the the one grave and he says he's like he's like you're a teacher and i'm like part-time like that stuff is so cool and then once they get to like the ants that's basically when the movie like <laughs> kind of falls off the cliff. at the like, end the when the door monkey, blows open the and that the hat blows over to shallow buff and he picks it up <laughs> so yeah, and, then, and he's just like put that shit down you're not wearing <laughs> i saw that movie at a drive-in theater i saw it in a theater theater i think theater theater but uh, I like my the pick. first half of, of Indiana Jones 4. But anyways, Dragon Age. I can give you that. I can give you that. The ending ruins it, though. It does. But you know what? Indiana Jones, um, the the first half of Temple of Doom is also awful. I don't like Temple of Doom as much as most people. I really like uh, the third Crusade, Last Crusade. I think the OG one is still like the best one. It's like the darkest one. It's good shit. You know what? Fuck Dragon Age. Go watch Indiana Jones 1, 2, 3, and not 4, since no one else likes it. My pick, uh, also something no one else likes, uh, 
uh, uh, Warner Brothers Montreal developed Batman Arkham Origins. People slept on this game because it was it was the B team. It didn't get a lot of hype, and everyone was just waiting for Arkham Knight, which I don't know if was announced yet. Probably, maybe not. I don't know. It was a whole was, bungle for me. It was. It came out like I think yeah twenty. It came out October twenty thirteen. So it came out like a, less than a month before the new consoles. But it didn't oh come shit! Out, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it didn't come out on the new consoles. So. By the time when it came out, it was just like, I don't, I don't want to play this thing. Like, my new shiny PS4, the Killzone Shadowfall. <laughs> Hold on, Steve. I have the picture to show you to understand high school Steven's approach to life. Everything you're like, ah, this this makes sense because it also came out the same day as uh, Blackgate, which was the Vita, oh, the Vita Batman game. Because that was back when they would do like. A PS like a PS3 one and a Vita one, like they did Killzone, Shadowfall, and Mercenary. They did Arkham Origins and um, Arkham Blackgate, and a bunch of games did that. Like they did Call of Duty, whatever that year was, and then Declassified, which was the oh, Vita the, one. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that? that? Oh, that game was awful. Yeah, they did the Resistance one. Resistance Fall of no Fall of Man was the PS3 one. What was oh, the Resistance, like um, Burning? Burning Skies. Skies, yeah. Also awful. And the same team who did the Call of Duty one. And they're not around anymore. All right, Steve, look at this picture I'm about to send you because this is everything you need to know about how happy Steven was when this Arkham Origins came out. radio for people who are listening to the podcast. Exactly. I'm going to put this in the, uh, the description, the, 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 our podcast on the website so you can find it there. I'm wearing Batman, the OG black and black and yellow Batman shirt. My Batman PJs. I got Batman Arkham Origins in one hand, and I got Batman Arkham Blackgate in the other hand. That was one of the best weeks of that year for me. Oh my god, I was I was in heaven. I beat both those games like within days of each other. Um, absolutely loved it, and it, it's unfortunate because it had a shoehorned in multiplayer that you know wasn't the best. It wasn't awful. Like it was definitely worth checking out. And it was buggy. I had trophies bug, multiple trophies bug. And um, that was back when I was like gun ho about trophies. So that, that really soured me a little bit on it. And oh, wait, I've wait. Never... Are those bugs still around? Well, you can't get the platinum now because the multiplayer is offline. But I think some of the trophies are still bugged. I didn't go. Like, there were a couple of collectible trophies where, like, I got the collectible and it wouldn't register. And it's like, you have to wipe your save and do it again. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Oh, I would shoot myself in the head if that happened. Don't do that. But it's good. It's good. It features um it's it's an origin story for the Arkham Batman. Like um it takes place on Christmas Eve. Um and so there's eight uh, assassins who have all been contracted to kill Batman. It's like his first year or whatever being Batman. Um so you meet a bunch of these characters from the other Arkham games like before they've developed into what they are in like Asylum City and Night. Yeah. It's the first time he meets the Joker, which is always an interesting. I like I like that's uh, also what I really like about Telltale's Batman game is like that that first time Joker oh, and Batman meet and how that I, plays out. I love what they do with Joker and the Telltale game. That was so dope. Mm. Yeah, that I, I I was too hard on it because of all the technical issues. But going back and, and finishing up later, like the thing that Telltale games do well is they play with that like is Batman actually the good guy or is and were Thomas and Martha Wayne actually good people or were they just rich bougie people who abuse their employees and stuff. And like that, I like when they explore that. Yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't they, I think Thomas Wayne was a bad guy in, the, in that one, wasn't he? Yeah. They, well, they like, they play with it. It's, it's a like thing. And, and then the other thing I like that the Telltale games play with is, um, 
is Bruce Wayne actually the alter ego and Batman really is Batman and he likes that more than Yeah, that I mean that's that's pretty common mm-hmm. with Batman. There's like the joke of uh where the Justice League are holding on to Wonder Woman's whip and it's just like who what's your real name or whatever and Superman says Clark Kent and then Batman says Batman Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, Arkham Origins is great. Um, Black Mask is my favorite villain in that game and actually like inspired me to go out and read all his comics like origin stories and a bunch of his his threads I was really into Batman comics for a while there too Um, and uh, what's the the one time like Bane breaks Batman back and then the other guy takes over I've read all like Nightfall I think I've read all those and and the Knight character is in everyone thought that was what Arkham Knight was going to be but they Ah, whatever. That was a whole other thing. But Arkham Origins is good. I recommend checking it out. And I hope Warner Brothers gets another shot at something open world superhero-y because I liked it. And the 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 quick time event Deathstroke fight that everyone either loved or hated, I loved. Like I thought it was so much fun. There was a. Uh, it's on PS now, so I think I actually might um, spit that up. It, Even it's, though, yeah, the platinum is impossible to get because the, the thing, but that's fine because there's a lot of trophies on here that I don't think I'd want to get anyways because it's all the challenge mode shit. Um, oh man, those are always the the ones I get last. Speaking of Telltale, the final walk, final season of The Walking Dead is still not on sale, and I want it. I don't want to pay full price. No, no. Who's this money even going to anymore? Uh, Skybound bought all the IP. Anywho, that's it for Vintage King Game of the Week. Check out Dragon Age Inquisition and Origins, uh, both on PS Now, Steve? Uh, Inquisition, I don't know. Um, it's but, on but the, like all over the place, though. So Yeah, it's everywhere. It's cheap. Now it's on Steam. Yeah, right, I mean, Steve, it's I got, on EA I got, Access, uh, so it's, all, it's free on EA Access as well. So. Don't give EA any money. I got a hot take for you this what week, you, Steve. What do you think you're doing when you buy it on Steam? <laughs> <laughs> you're giving Gabe and EA money. I got I got a hot take for you this Steve, for this for you this week, Steve. Uh, there's a big trend going on. Like literally today, I saw it uh, pick up. Uh, hashtag Game Dev Paid Me has been going around. Uh, it's been getting a lot of people talking about. Uh, it's trending in Canada. Five thousand tweets in the past hour. Uh, lots of developers are posting like throughout their career how much they made at different studios. Uh, I've been seeing some Canadian developers, a bunch of other developers, and I actually replied to. Um, Osama Dorius, speaking of Warner Brothers Mon- Montreal, uh, and he's a level designer there, and, and he was like, uh, he, he's like, I can't disclose, like, they broke it down, like, in a list, what they were making, and then he said, current senior lead at Warner Brothers Games can't disclose, and I was like, it's illegal in Canada for an employer to prohibit you from talking about your salary, I'm like, is it a contract thing, and he was like, I don't know, I, I'm just gonna have to check to be sure. So, I don't know, hopefully he gets back to me. I'm curious what a senior lead at Warner Brothers Games makes. Mm. But I think this is opening up an important conversation, and you talked about it a bit before we started recording, um, that with within studios, I think this is a key conversation, because if all the level designers just got together, and like we have the same experience, we're doing the same job, what are you making, what are you making, what are you making? Okay, this person's making 10000 more a year than us for doing the same thing. That's stupid. We, we now have leverage. And I yeah. think those conversations are really key. The, the competitive thing... I, I can kind of see why studios wouldn't want you talking about that. But th- even then, from a worker perspective, like if I let everyone know, like, this is what I'm making here to do this. And if another company sees my work and wants me, they're like, hey, you're only making this there. Well, I'll pay you 
this much more to do it here. That just is better for you. Like I can't think of a single situation where being vocal about what you're making doesn't help you and maybe your underpaid colleagues. Yeah. I, there's other things too, where it's like people who are in South California are just going to get paid more. People who are in bigger, more expensive cities are just going to get more. Um, it also leaves out like some bonus stuff, you know, like if you get stock options or if you get yearly, you know, if you get bonuses based off game releases, things like that. I think for me, <clears throat> it opens up a difficult conversation. I think it's useful information for sure. I think it opens up a difficult conversation when, like you said, like that scenario where if everyone gets together and like talk about it, like you get 10 people in a room and they're like, we're making this and it's, it's a range. But like not everyone is equal in those cases, right? Like some people aren't good at their job. Some people have more experience. Some people are more junior, but they're just, it's at the same level. And then mm-hmm. you kind of start to see, like it, it creates a weird environment, I think, where it's just like, I wouldn't want to put it applied to the person. If you want to share what the salary is, say if there's 10 people, you just say, here's the average salary and here are the reasons why, you know, the highest person gets this and the lowest person gets this because mm. it's based, you know, the highest paid person has so much more experience or they're just better at their job. And then the lower paid person is kind of like that. Now, to play devil's advocate, being better at your job might not shouldn't necessarily reflect in your base salary. It should reflect in like bonuses and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's like an argument to be made there. Um, I think it's like important to get this information out. Like I look at this stuff too, when it comes to like my own field. Um, although I'm always the only kind of person at my companies, just the job I have, but it's good to know like worldwide, like what is kind of normal. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's good. It's useful information, especially when like for younger people, you know, like yourself who kind of enter the, the world and you're like, what is what should I be making <laughs> and uh, and gives you a better idea when it comes to like, you know, re- like contract negotiations and and coming up to like um, bonuses and, and uh, salary adjustments and things like that. And I've played that battle before. I've won some of them. I've lost some of them. Um, I think like really it's good to just like get out there. I just kind of, I wouldn't associate to like particular people. Cause then you kind of might be looking at this guy and you're just like, why, why the fuck is this person making that this game wasn't good. Um, <laughs> but there's so much more that goes into it than just that. Mm. Right. So that's, I don't know. That That's my thought. Now I'm always, I'm always like kind of an external person looking in. Like I'm not, I don't work in the games industry, but I see a mm. lot of similarities. And I mentioned this a lot where it's like a lot of similarities with games stuff and tech in general. Um, and so that's just kind of like my feelings on it, but I, mm. but it is important. Like it's, it's cool also to see just like all these kind of different, it's, it's sort of like in the same range that I thought they would be in to be perfectly honest. Nothing. There's no numbers out here that, like oh that's that's crazy that's super high or that's super low like it all seems to kind of be within the range i thought they all Mm -hmm. and yeah that whole like where you live because every u.s salary they're also like if you're in san francisco or new york that like instantly makes sense there and um uh benefits change too because like 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 we talked about on the vagabond uh stream all these studios are opening in canada because they don't have to pay for health insurance yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, I think Texas doesn't have, like, income uh, taxes, too. So, like, 
you know, you might be making a little bit less in Texas, but you might not, or, or certain states, but you don't pay like income tax. Mm-hmm. So you make 40K, you get 40K. And, and let's, let's remember here too that like, well, what's the example? He's like 50,000 50, US is, I think, roughly 67,000 Canadian. So, mm-hmm. you know, you look at someone like someone making 80,000 US is making almost 110,000 Canadian. So, there is that too, but I think a lot of it is like location based because it's, it's, it's who, not only what the cost of living there, but also the like amount of uh, talent and stuff that's there as well. So like in 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 Southern California, there's a lot of tech companies, a lot of game gaming companies. You gotta like compete with like Google and Facebook and Twitter and not to mention all like giant big companies. Um, like gaming companies, so like they're going to be very high, on top mm-hmm. of like you know your rent is now four thousand dollars a month or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. I would I would recommend anyone who's kind of either junior or at any level really to just like look at the hashtag and see what's kind of going on there, just so you can kind of get an idea. I just wouldn't like, you know, I just wouldn't put too much because uh, some people aren't saying as well like how long ago they made like the the example that you mentioned. He's uh, thirteen years experience. So 13 years ago, he made 35K at Gameloft. Like, you know, 13 years ago, 35K was, is a lot different than 35K now. And mm-hmm. it kind of depends where he is. 35K in Toronto is like dick compared to like 35K in Guelph. Mm-hmm. So important stuff. But yeah. I, yeah. I hope this opens up into a more, I just hope it leads to, and I think this could help with the whole unionization effort in the games industry. Um, like as soon as people are being, more transparent about that because like like bobby kotick the ceo of activision was in the news a lot this week because <laughs> he made too much money the investors at and shareholders of activision blizzard are mad about how much he's making the average activision employee makes like 0.03 percent a year of what bobby kotick makes a year yeah he like, owns I think, like 50 percent of activision or something too so like his like he's a dude <laughs> yeah and so like that that disparity like like the starting qa level designer salary at like activision and some of their offices is like thirty six thousand us yeah according to report kodak made 28.6 million in the year prior this is february 2019 so in 2018 equal to 306 times more than the average activision blizzard employee so not even mm-hmm. like the lowest paid person because you know someone's at that company making 30 or 40k mm-hmm Dude, and and but then there's people who are making 120 k. Mm-hmm. Guy made 306 times more than the average person. And in that year, in last year, Activision laid off 800 people. And if Bobby Kotick could just take like a sliver off of what he made that year, they could have kept all those people. Yeah, no, it's I mean, absurd. No, I mean, I I agree, and I mean, here's the truth though: if anyone is going to get Bobby Kotick to change that. It's the stockholders. So, it is the shareholders, yeah. And they didn't that. even make any good games last year. Why are they getting all this money? Holy oh, shit. Nah, Warzone sucks. It's the worst battle royale. No, yeah, but, it's but not the worst, but... What's the worst battle royale, then? Uh, the Culling, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is that the one where you have to pay per like, yep. game or whatever? Yep. Um, yeah, but I mean, Modern Warfare was the highest selling game like, 
Bullshit. I wanted to talk, like, I wanted to roll this hot take into another hot take I have about how I think um, game developers should get royalties. Um, um, And actually, voice actors, part of their strike and what they got was if a studio reuses their work in, like, a port or a remaster or whatever, they have to pay the voice actors. And I think that should just apply to everyone who worked on it. Can you imagine every developer who worked on Skyrim, if they got a cut of all the ports and remasters and holy shit, they would all be swimming in it. Because that is their work, just getting copied and save as Nintendo Switch. Oh, we have Joy-Con controls now. Yeah, I think that's like, an issue with like music and stuff, too, because like, all these things are getting... Back in, the, like, back in the 80s, if something came out, it wasn't... like They would have to reissue it like later mm-hmm. on. Like, they wouldn't just, you couldn't just like re-release it on some internet or something. Um, by the way, Sekiro came out last year, and Activision published that. So Published, didn't make. Activision didn't make a good game last year. What about um, Crash Team Racing? Did you like that? I guess Ben X made it. I, no, I didn't play it. I didn't play it. Either. Modern Warfare was Pro- good. You might hate Warzone, but the, the single player Modern Warfare was good. They rewrote U.S. War Crimes yeah, yeah, to have know, the know, Russians. The game <sighs> itself was fun. Not All right, Steve. Though. I'm done with Hot Take of the Week. Uh, I want to, at some point, come back to how I, I envision royalties rolling out for game developers, and that's something that actors and writers and animators got when they unionized and i think that's something game developers should definitely be thinking about as the this movement picks up steam we had the the second ever game union uh at paradox interactive i think last week is a swedish company um they all unionized and partnered with local trade unions who was the first uh game workers unite uk partnered with like the steelworkers union which was like the oldest union in the united kingdom Hmm. but no so no no u.s ones though of course not. That'll be if if anywhere never gets a union, it would be the U.S. Like that work culture is way too toxic. That's fair. Like of course it was Sweden and the U.K. Like, um, but yeah, another hot take I, I would roll out at some point is the the whole idea of the the co-op and everyone makes the same amount, uh, has the same like it's a lateral company. Isn't that that's something that does that? Yeah, co-op mode in Montreal. That oh, I speaking see. Speaking of, oh, okay. yeah, and also um, the Dead Cells devs in France do that, and the the Night in the Woods guy um, Scott Benson's new studio does that. That's another whole interesting thing I like. But we've been gone on too long with hot take of the week. Um, if you got any more hot takes, don't send them to me. I like coming up with them. Let's close out with what we've been playing, Steve. So wait, we need to come up with a list of things you could send to Steve and things you can. Wish list. That's it. All right, good enough. Um, we streamed a lot this week, and I, I said on the stream last, or said on the podcast last week, I would, and I did. I'm very proud with all our streams this week. Um, we're gonna be putting those up on YouTube. We just got some hot new graphics, and I'm I'm getting a friend to add some sound effects to like our little intro clip. So that'll be uh, as soon as I get those back. YouTube content coming soon. We're putting up yeah. streams, podcasts. Um, see whatever I, what else I have time to do. But we streamed Depenier Nocturne. Really liked it. Uh, it's short, cute, beautiful, kind of creepy. I missed a whole section on stream. I thought I played through the whole game three times, but I missed like a whole chunk of the game, which is wild. But um, I went back and played that. It's definitely worth your time. Check it out. Uh, that's from co-op mode. Foundation from Polymorph Games in Quebec. Uh, I'm terrible like, at it. Oh, it looks so good, though. I was, it when does you were look playing so that, good. I was watching it, and uh, I was like, this looks like phenomenal. Like, Yeah. My, yeah, my, no. my jam for sure. I want, I've been meaning to like jump in into myself. May I'll, tr- may I'll try streaming, streaming as well. But when I, when I saw yeah, you play yeah, you should foundation, definitely stream like, it this week if you can. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm terrible at sim games and, but I, I like, 
I can tell when it's a good one, and it's a good one. Shout yeah. out to Pops in the the chat who has helped help walk me through um, the game because I'm not good at sim games. Steve streamed the, the Long Dark this week, and he was impressed. Oh, I got I got a long a love letter to Long Dark to to talk about, but we'll talk about it right now because uh, we're talking about what we've been playing. Yeah, so I I did play Long Dark. I played. Uh, the first episode and a little bit into the second episode. And then I played survival mode as well. And this, mm. this game is so fucking good. I'm so upset that I slept on it because it's been going for a while. I think, I think actually it could be a vintage game. Technically, technically uh, 2014, I think was early access. Yeah. So, so never mind. What was the game? I said, dragon age. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> long dark. Um, no, do the long dark next week. All right, fine. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I love how everything has like kind of a consequence to it because you have so basically it's a survival game. And it, what I didn't know, I knew it was like post apocalyptic, but it actually like the in the world, the the Canadian economic collapse happened in like 2002. And then this is like 10 years after that. And then there's another thing that happens that is like the great flash or whatever. Um, but you're basically stuck in the middle of like. A wintry like mountain area like rocky mountains i think and uh and you got to survive so you got to like fish and boil snow for water and hunt and find like safe place to sleep and all this stuff but while you're doing all this shit you're like constantly burning calories you're getting tired you're maybe uh you're cold you're um and getting hungry and thirsty and stuff like that so every action that you're doing has like a negative reaction to it and it's like it's getting stressful like I got attacked by a wolf and lost my pants. So I was walking <laughs> around in like the freezing cold in uh in like underwear essentially. And I had to go Your across long the map. I had to go across the map for this like side quest. And I was like like fuck, do I should I do this? Like it's so risky. And uh and I ended up just like finding stuff or whatever, but it's just so like it's so cool. The shooting the I have two kind of minor complaints. The shooting isn't great. Um, I can kind of forgive it because you're not like a, like you're not playing as like an army person or whatever. Like it kind of makes sense, but like, it's just not smooth. Um, so one time, like, I feel like a wolf tried to attack me and I couldn't get a good shot off because it's just like, doesn't control that well. Maybe with the mouse it's better. So it's not concerned. And then my other one, probably also not a, like a huge complaint on PC is just the loading on PS4. Isn't that great? Mm. So when you're kind of going in and out of houses a lot, it just takes a little bit longer than I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I I'm loving this game, man. Like Lawn Dark is so so good. I would recommend. Have you played it or? Yeah, I played on Xbox. Did you play Survivor mode? Did you play the story or did you play both? Uh, I think I finished the first chapter of the story and dipped into Survivor, but never finished it. Yeah, sure. I yeah, I, I honestly I want to play it right now. Like it's uh, it's really good, and I, and I went to play the forest as well because I was on sale. We're going to stream that eventually, and Heather was like, "Oh, is this your new survival game?" And I was like. Oh, actually, it's a different survival game made by a Canadian developer. And I was like, a different first-person in the woods survival game. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll put the forest aside for now and just kind of finish off Lawn Dark. So I want to finish the story at least. I want to play more survival mode. Like, I'm on the Reddit right now. And people are telling their funny stories of like getting lost in a blizzard and then a bear killing them and shit. I'm like, oh, I, I can't wait. I was just getting so stressed in survival mode too because I just couldn't find like a place to sleep and I was just about to die and I finally found a house. And I was I was so excited like it's it's really good like I I I'm 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 sad that I slept on it, especially when it won the game of the year stuff 
Uh, yeah, in chapter three of this this single player campaign won a CanadianGameDevs.com Game of the Year 2019 as voted by you, the fans. There you go. So I, it's really really good. It's on Game Pass now, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. It's on Game Pass. So if you got an Xbox, it's on PC Game Pass. Um, Long Dark Game Pass. Uh, PC Game Pass. But I, even if it's not, I would recommend picking up. Add to your wish list or whatever if you want it for a little bit cheaper. So you can. I'm not sure if it's on PC. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's it's a great game, great great game. Wait, I've been playing other stuff, but we, you just kind of quickly mentioned. And yeah, I was streaming on Twitch.tv slash King Games, and, and someone even dropped in and was just like, "Oh, is this your first time?" I was like, "Yeah, it's first time playing Survivor Mode." It is. It is and, on PC. Oh, nice. Um, I was like, "Yeah, first time playing Survivor Mode." He's like, "Yeah, I can tell." LOL. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> you know. All right, see, so we streamed two more games this week. I'm going to talk about it quick. Uh, I played Boreal Tales from Vancouver solo developer Snapple Productions. It's a everyone's comparing it to like like PS1 fixed camera adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, and having I've played a little bit of Resident Evil on like the PS1 Classic, and I totally see that like right away. But it's fucking weird, Steve. Like it's so weird. Like in like a really cool way. I like it, and I was getting really into the story of like you're in this town, and your your sister disappeared until when like the static was like a disease that's like a cough. It's also like something that like manifests these weird trippy cubes all over the town, mm-hmm. and you're in like this decaying town where like the the steel mill is or not steel. I don't know what it's a mill where everyone works is like doing really badly, and your friends trying to like get all the mill people to like get a union so we can get some like workplace safety things. Cause people are like dying on the job, but that's happening at the same time as like, you're trying to help get your sister out of the static, which is like this other world. It's like an upside down kind of thing. Maybe hmm. like from, it's so weird. I played like an hour and a half of it. Music is great too. Uh, shout out to Guidewire, uh, Regina based, um, uh, composer who also like showed like, reached out to like get us to cover the game and and hooked us up so the music is so good so so good and it's like the four by three um aspect ratio but then like the menu is like i've only seen a few final fantasy games i think it's like it's like the you know like the white glove that like goes down the side of things yeah yeah it's like that is so weird but i really like it i'm gonna go back to it because i'm super interested in, in like what the hell's happening um, it's like an adventure game kind of thing where you're like going around picking stuff up, combining items in your inventory, trying to figure out what's going on. And then the perspective switches whenever a new character gets introduced, you play as them for a bit, but it, it just flows. So like the pacing's so good. It's really good. It's really weird. And I highly recommend it. It's on steam and HEO. It's like five bucks. Um, I'm going back to it and where a fold apart was like your contender for Canadian game of the year. This is, this is my contender. I'm, I'm putting my name on it. Really? Yeah. Boreal tales, like boreal, like the type of tree or forest. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I really like it. I'm I'm thinking about it right now, and I just want to jump back in and, and play it. But uh, yeah, it, it's so it's so weird. But <laughs> like it's like it's one of those gaming experiences. Like I didn't know anything going in. I'd seen a couple of gifts and like put up the trailer on the site. But jumping in, it's like whoa! I love this. I'm yeah. here for it. And uh, yeah, so the writing's really good. And there's voice acting in it. I had no idea. You find these tapes and CDs, and 
there's like really good voice acting in it, which I had no idea. I thought it would just be text because that was what it was for like the first 20 or 30 minutes. And I picked up the first tape. I was like, what? No way. It's good. So is it, um, when you say it's like the, the you know, it reminds you of like the Resident Evil, or you haven't played too many of the, like, does it give you the Resident Evil vibes? Like it's that, I'm just trying to find the. So it gives me the Resident Evil vibes in that like you move around the room and then the camera moves to a new location when you're like at a different perspective. Right, right. Like the fixed camera just moves around. It doesn't give me any other Resident Evil vibes in terms of like trying to shoot down a hallway. And like I haven't fought anything. I don't know if there's really combination. There's one point where like kind of spoilers for like an hour in. I don't know how long it, it is. So like. There's like a, a zombie type thing that chases. That was genuinely kind of scary too, where like you're kind of running away from the zombie as like this fixed perspective. That's probably what also inspires a lot of people, or people are in the itchio comments saying like, "Ooh, give me that Resident Evil PS1 vibes." Nice. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm gonna try and stream it again to play some more of it because I really liked it. And then last thing, stream today actually Sunday as we're recording this. I did finish a fold apart on Steam. I totally get what what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think these people just needed to call each other. Like they're they're losing all the con- the the you know the tone. You can't communicate over over text. <laughs> but that's <laughs> like the, every that's, time. That's the it's because it's about this long distance relationship. Exactly, if you don't know, long distance relationship thing. What you know, you, they don't really. I mean, like sometimes you're at work or whatever. Sometimes you can't call. Text. It's true. I, as someone who, you know, Heather and I were in long distance relationship for the first year, like I, everything that happened in that game, I get, I was like, you know, this is, it all makes sense. <laughs> so the, the, I the can, controls translate really well to PC. I will say oh, I nice. like yeah. just dragging around with the mouse and then QE to rotate. And, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. The, the paper laying over to like move into the next level was really smooth. And like the way, like, it really feels like it's like a kind of like a picture book where like it's the reverse instead of popping out, it like moves into the screen. I like that. Hmm. Um, I liked it. I'm not as hyped as you, but that's okay. That's right. Um, I, I mean, part of it is like, is definitely like how it speaks. Resonates. To you, like, yeah, exactly. Like it's, hmm. it's themes of, of long distance relationship and communications and all that stuff. Like definitely get it. By the way, the one of the we were talking about OAG or whatever earlier, like they like this game was actually on that site because you can have um you can have a LGB like a like a gay relationship in it or whatever. And yeah, at the like, beginning you like pick from like a couple different couples. Yeah, like you can pick uh, male female. Like basically, the because the story is that someone had to go to like basically went somewhere to go to work, and, mm-hmm. and they so, got they got a contract and they had to move. Yeah, they moved for work. So I think it's like male or female for both of them and then male female or all male and then all female. it doesn't even say it's just like like body types almost oh yeah you're right yes you're right so anyways yeah, the, so this game was on that site too because of that <laughs> it's good it's good I, I i also recommend it i feel like it would be more at home on phone but the pc controls do work i will say yeah or it i was, guess uh on switch you got if it uses the touchscreen i don't know if it does I don't know either. There's just times where I would like kind of hit the touch screen and it wouldn't just like do kind of what I was wanting. So mm. I don't know if that was a fat thumb or whatever. Like I'm not really sure. You got but a big I, thumb, Steve. I do have a big fat thumb. So, so that was it for the games we streamed. Um, I will say I played a little bit of Valorant this week. 
it's good but you know everyone knows that if you if you know you're playing it if you don't know you probably won't like no it. i i can tell you right now i'll never play it exactly um <laughs> And uh, my girlfriend and I are playing through Towerfall Ascension. We're on like the second last level. We're playing because um, there's like normal and hardcore for every level. So we just start on hardcore right away and we like try it like a hundred times till we get it. It's good. It's tight. I love Towerfall so much. It was a vintage game of the week a few weeks ago. And the Switch version is great. Um, really recommend it. And it's a great couch co-op game. You can play the co-op up to four people. And then they add the Switch mode. The, the Nintendo Switch version has competitive like six to eight, I think. And then oh, it yeah, that's right. makes the screen bigger. Um, we, so I'm we having a lot play, of fun with uh, that. We didn't play Apex Legends this week. No, but we might. Maybe. Maybe. This week. Hopefully. Um, for me, yeah, I, I, I dove into... I have a couple games I'm playing with friends kind of like sporadically. So Divinity or Original Sin 2, which is mm. like a kind of a Dungeons and Dragons RPG. Mm-hmm. It's co-op. It's sweet. It's like just playing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It's pretty dope. Um, but it's so fucking hard. It's it's impossible. Um, where my friend and I are really just trying to like, we're studying it basically like in our off time just to be like, how the hell do we beat this game? Um, Borderlands 2, or Borderlands, sorry, 3, the, the DLC I'm playing as well. Um, but the other game that I played this week was Celeste. And... Oh. This is this is where I know I have a sickness, right? Because I, I have the game on Xbox because of Xbox Gold. I have the game on Epic Game Store because they just give away everything. But I was like, I didn't play it. Or I played like the first level and I was like, I don't want to play this. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just buy it on PS4 to get the trophies. So I, I played it and beat. I'm about halfway through Chapter 4 and, and I beat the B side of Chapter 1. So I don't know what percentage of the game that is. Probably not much. Um, There's eight chapters. Yeah, and everything has a B side and everything has a C side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, less than a third. Um, I it's obviously great. I'm not like I was sleeping on this game too. Like it's really great. Obviously, the platform is dope. The, the controllers are tight. The story is really good. Actually, the art style is awesome. Like it's, but the only thing that bugs me about it is, and I blame Super Meat Boy for this stuff. And like Guacamelee Two had some of this stuff. Is that like the challenge is there and it's obviously hard, but it's not real challenge because when you die, you just start over again. So there's no like, if maybe this is different in different in later levels, but like if you if you die a thousand times at a level, it's no different than dying like once. And so you know, I think back to like when I played Ninja Gaiden on NES and Mega Man and all these other games, if you died so many times, you got sent back to the start of the level. And that would be ridiculous in Celeste based on how the levels are. But it's just like, I'm playing it and I'm dying. And by the time I beat it, I'm not like relieved and like think that I accomplished something. I'm just like, finally not annoyed. And I'm just like, finally, that fucking level is so annoying, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I got past <laughs> it. Like So it's gained... I'm not like feeling like it's obviously a great game, but I'm not mm. like I'm not I'm I'm relieved for the wrong reasons when I beat a level, especially some mm. of the trickier ones, right? And it's just like Super Meat Boy did this, and it's just like this fake challenge to me where it's like there's oh, yeah. no consequences to dying. Oh. Like, what's the point? Like, oh, why the even? The point is you got better. And see, I don't feel that though because when but I play when I replay a level over and over again, if I were to just if I beat it and then if I were to go back and do it again, I would probably wouldn't beat it again. So I don't think I got better. I think I just got lucky or just managed to do it in that one time. No. So that's 
how I'm feeling. It's, and it's like, it's how I felt in Guacamole 2 as well, because they did these challenge room shits and, and things. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's not. Oh, Steve. It's great, but it's not like, I'm not like, I don't even know how to like really put together like how I'm feeling. Cause it's obviously a great game, but now I'm kind of just like, ah, oh, like when I, like, I just don't want to go through this shit. Like I'd rather be really cool. I, I might play it on assisted mode. Cause that way I could just like play it, have a little bit of a challenge. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Cause yeah. I, the assist mode's great. You can tweak pretty much everything. Yeah. So I might do that just so I don't get like frustrated with some of this shit. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I do want to just, like, play the way that he, like, designed for people to play it. Mm. But, like, there was, there was a few levels where I'm just, like, it took me, like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 deaths to do. And by, when I finished it, I was, like, finally, like, fuck that level. Like, it's not, like, yes, I did it. It's more, like, finally. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I did it. And I don't know. That's just how I'm feeling about Celeste. I'm, I know... I'm kind of in the minority of this stuff because like Super Meat Boy is super popular and I'm, these are the only two examples because I can think of right now. But Quackman 2 mm-hmm. is super popular and and Celeste is obviously super popular, but it's it's like it, it seems like a fake challenge to me. Like it's not real. <sighs> we're, we're we're just gonna have different opinions about Celeste, and that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> you know how I feel about the change of my mind thing. So uh, we don't have to. We 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 talked about that in the Discord a bit this week. The the change of my mind meme is a little toxic. Yeah, where I'm just, well, it's like people don't need to change, like for certain things, you don't need to change people's minds. You just need to like work with like the differences. Now, this is a video game, so it doesn't matter. It's more that meme comes up like with a lot of like, like you're, civil some, rights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some things are just not going to, like I've accepted, like some things are just not going to change people's minds about it. And so mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, we don't have to get political. I mean, and so we defund them. Yeah, def- yeah, just defund these people. <laughs> just take away the money. <laughs> All right, that seems like a good place to wrap that up. Um, that's well, it for garbage game. <laughs> Celeste is great. Celeste is great. Everyone should play it, and I'm so excited for what they make next. Um, that's it for this episode, number 145 of the Game podcast. It was a long one, but I think a good one. I thank you for tuning with us all the way to the end. Tuning with us, that doesn't make any sense. Sometimes I talk just to talk, and it just messes up. You know what I mean? So, I saw a Reddit thing where someone said the word quitted or something like that and just like made fun of them for saying quitted. Quitted? That's not a word. I, it's not. I, not last time. I don't think so. No. Quitted? Past tense, I guess. Past participle. Quitted. Past participle. What does that mean? I don't know. That was something grade eight Steven needed to worry about. Yeah, not I me. I don't, I don't know words, but... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to quitted this podcast by going out <laughs> talking about our lovely patrons who, if you want to join, head on over to patreon.com slash devs, where backing us early gets you two-day special access to this show ahead of everyone else, all the normies, uh, into a special channel on our Discord, occasional game key giveaways, and your name at the end of the show in the credits like these lovely folks. Aaron McLeod, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Kai Hutchins, M5 Games, Nicholas A. Zerko, Nav from Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Slaughter Neko, and Stacy H. Again, if you want to join these lovely patrons at the end of every episode, just back us uh, uh, higher than $1, and I put your name in here. Otherwise, there's too many people in you. But we talk for a lot anyway, so maybe I should just do everyone. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? I uh, don't know. Keep it at the, the $5 right. level. Or whatever. It's, it's more than a dollar. Your name's on here. 
If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We'd love to get our numbers up, and we'd love to know what you think of the sh- of the show. <clears throat> oh, I just choked on something. If you like the episode, share it with someone who you think might also like it, um, like someone with an Apple device that they could rate it on, or anyone else. I don't mind if you share it with Android weirdos. Or even um, like a Microsoft phone person. Microsoft phone? Oh, my God. I forgot about those. Or BlackBerry? I'm sure there's people with some BlackBerries out there still. If you have a BlackBerry or some multi-million dollar stock person, you need to just jump off a building. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you for joining us, Steve. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, I have million dollar stocks that you can. Um, Stephen L. Crane on Twitter and Stephen L. Crane eight on Instagram. I didn't make a TikTok. I apologize. I just that's okay. I'm waiting. I just don't know what to do, man. I just every day I go to your profile, refresh, just get really? sad. No, <laughs> I don't. Oh man, my friend just told me a show we used to watch is on Prime Video. I'm going to go spend the rest of the night watching that. Um, yeah, the, the, but Canada Games is where I want you to go. CanadaGames.com. Go there. So don't you, worry about you can that. catch me on Twitter at Stephen Riley, S T P H A N R E I L Y, and then you can find us at Canada Game Devs on Twitter. We couldn't fit Canadian, but we're Canadian Game Devs and everything else. Yeah, that was so annoying when I changed over. I was like, fuck, I can't do... Oh, because Toronto fits? Yeah, Toronto is a bit shorter than Canadian. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Whatever the amount of characters Canadian Game it's Devs 15, is... 15, I think. It, yeah, so Canadian Game Devs, I think, is 16 characters. It was, God, it was one, it. I remember it being like one too high. You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll oh, be whatever. streaming again this week on twitch.tv slash Canadian Game Devs. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and then yeah. whenever Steve feels like it. He's the wild card. I yeah I can't I can't stick to the schedule because maybe maybe everything. But do you know the games are going to be playing this week or? I don't. Um, they'll be Canadian and uh, they'll be on PC because I haven't busted out the Elgato yet. But beyond that, it's it's a mystery that we had a huge range of genres this week. So it'll hopefully be as just weird and wacky as last week. I had a lot of fun. We had people in the chat. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. And if you want to hang out. Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, 7 Eastern, and then Saturday, Sunday, 1 Eastern. And then Steve will just, you know, throw a curveball sometime when he's yeah, got I'm gonna, a Yeah, I'm going to try to do Lawn Dark a couple times this week because I'm just, I'm really digging that game. And you and I are going to play the forest at some point. Do, do Long Dark and, and Celeste at some point because I just want to watch you play Celeste. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, stay safe out there. Donate to a bail fund near you. Support Black Lives and Black Creators. And happy Pride Month. We didn't mention last week, but uh, yeah, it's Pride Month now. So be proud, loud and proud. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye. Oh, hello. Yeah, that that spikes it. All right. You got to get all that. Three, two, one.